Welcome back to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter. It will ensure that you stay in the know and get further insights into the podcast, not to mention insider stuff about me and Now Hear This Incorporated, including some exclusives. So be sure that you are on the list to receive all the content published in there every Wednesday sent straight to your email inbox. Sign up at nhte.net. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New York, my guest is a singer, songwriter, philanthropist, author, and Grammy member. She is a Billboard-charted artist and was also nominated for the Josie Music Awards for Best Female Artist of the Year for Independent Artists. Plus, she is an activist with a nonprofit of hers that we will hear about today. Her official YouTube channel has a combined total of well over 850,000 video views, and one of her songs has more than 1.1 million streams, and another has over 800,000 on Spotify, where she has over 21,000 monthly listeners. Her latest single was released in late February. You've been hearing a song of hers called Found. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Melissa B. Hi. Hi, Melissa. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks for making time to do this. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. Go ahead and start us off by telling the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Found, especially since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics as clearly <laughs> as you or I would have liked. Yeah, so um, Found is uh, a song I actually wrote. I, I literally wrote that song in like 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah, sometimes I have songs that just come to me like spiritually. I call it a spiritual thing. And, and uh when my mind goes a certain way, when I write, I visually can see like the video of it mm. in my mind, and I, I write it out. So um, I was literally watching uh, something about the hieroglyphs in the Egyptian times, and I saw the whole thing about the water bearer, and the water man came to me, and I started thinking about. Um, you know, different things and people on the earth, and um, and that's where it came from. <laughs> so what is the song actually about, since the listeners couldn't hear the lyrics clearly? So Found is more, it's about, um, you know, yearning for that person that you you love, and you, you found that person that actually connects with you. Okay. Uh, on a spiritual on a spiritual level. Okay, but what is your songwriting style? Because when you say that sometimes you can just see a video in your head, and this one you wrote in fifteen minutes, is it you wrote the lyrics and the melody right away, or is it no? I just kind of got the idea for it, and I was writing lyric ideas. No, I have the actual melody in my head. Wow! And just be able to, I'm able to write it out. Wow! Um, yeah, it's a it's a gift. <laughs> I'll say because there's probably lots of songwriters out there listening right now that are probably saying must be nice. <laughs> yeah. 
and trust me, it, it, it wasn't like that all the time. I, you know, I, it took me years to actually start writing like this. Um, it's like a faucet. You can't shut it off. Mm-hmm. Before I didn't, I was so, I, I'm telling you, I used to have writer's block. Mm. And after I, I, I tell people all the time, sometimes you have to hone in on your craft and you have to study more because sometimes people think it's just a, and, and sometimes it is an automatic thing, but some people, just like myself, I had to go through a class. I actually went through a songwriting class to help me hone in on more ideas to open myself up more. Ah, okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Fascinating. We're off to a good start here. For the second time in three weeks, we have a guest who is based in New York, and there's someone else in that part of the U.S. who you have heard me talk about before in the show, including doing his own podcast, too. It's from a man who has had what you might call a most varied career as a composer and record producer. His name, Peter Link, twice nominated for a Tony Award on Broadway and with a million-selling record to his credit and winner of the New York Theatre Critics Drama Desk Award, Peter Link has seen great success in film scoring, Broadway musicals, pop music, gospel, television, and he's even written ballets for the Joffrey Ballet. Now his podcast, Scattershot Symphony, is making a splash on the global stage. With downloads in more than 50 countries, listeners all the way from Manhattan to L.A. and Montreal to Mogadishu can hear Peter share his life's work through a series of musical arrangements and anecdotes that inspired the music. The podcast explores topics like romance in the episode Songs of Love and Heartbreak or the influence that gospel music had on him in the episode The Gospel Truth. Sounds fun, right? That's Scattershot Symphony, the music of Peter Link. Look for it on most podcast platforms. Melissa, wow, I almost don't know where to start with how many different hats you wear. Clarify for me first, I introduced you as a singer, songwriter, philanthropist, and author. But somewhere I saw, I think it was on your Twitter, are you also a producer? And and by the way, if so, do you just produce your own music or do you produce other artists too? Or is it both, meaning you produce other artists and yourself? I, I produce other artists and myself. I, I started doing that a couple years back. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Was there a point in time where someone else was producing you and then you decided to self-produce? And if so, talk about that transition. So... um. For me, it's always been, and the person that I've worked with for many years has been B. Howard. Um, he's my main producer. He actually showed me and taught me a lot about structuring and how to write better and how to become a better artist, right? But also um, crafting the sound a specific way. So with my team, which is B. Howard and Michael Ashby, who's my engineer. He's the only engineer I've worked with. And mind you, B. Howard actually, um, he uh, trained Michael. He, he basically trained Michael to become a better engineer as well for all of us. And, uh, and it shows because uh, Michael is actually the engineer who did Bodak Yellow for Cardi B. So, you know, Michael's my neighbor, and people don't realize Cardi B was in my, in my circle in, uh, in my cul-de-sac in the middle of the night recording her song mm. before she became a big hit. And um, it's all a, a testament to, you know, having a good team. 
so you know i didn't have the i feel like at the time i you know you you kind of scared to say okay i was kind of scared to say that i was a producer and then one of our other friends got onto me and they were they actually were like mostly going to produce a song and i'm like no i'm not they're like yes you are mm. you are a producer and i was like okay fine so i finally you know i, I took the bull by the horn and uh, our other friend, Spencer Baptiste, he, he actually hired me to produce a song for him. And I did it. And I didn't think I would, be, would, be, would have been able to have done it, but I did it. I didn't know. I heard all the instruments in my head of how, how I wanted it to go. And once we finalized it, 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 it was great. It was, it, it was beautiful. So for anyone out there who is listening, Melissa, that is an aspiring performer themselves, they're an aspiring artist, what would you say to them in terms of what do you think is the biggest myth, the biggest misconception about self-producing? Because I have this feeling that some artists have the attitude that I could just produce myself and... I have a feeling that it's a case of you don't know what you don't know. And in your case, I feel you're very qualified to answer this question because you started off having mm -hmm. somebody produce you before you decided mm -hmm. to self-produce. So what do you think is it that people should know who are listening right now that think, I can just produce myself? Um, it, it, I would tell people if you feel as though you, you can produce, um, be open be open to learning other um, uh, other genres to help you expand. So what I did was to help me get to be a better understanding as a producer, I listened to Quincy Jones. Mm -hmm. I started studying Quincy Jones, and he actually had made this great statement. He said, and I quote, he said this, a producer is someone who gathers the different parts of the people that you need in order to play the pieces in the composition you're doing. That's a producer. A beat maker is someone who just makes a beat. Mm. You're a producer when you actually get the engineer, get the pianist, get the violinist, get the, you know, uh, get the saxophone player. And you're telling them what you're hearing. You're producing. That is a producer. That is a composer. And that's, the, the real definition. I like that. And I also want to jump in and say that you also need to give yourself credit. And I'm just talking in general. I don't mean specifically to Melissa, but you don't need to say, I'm just a beat maker. That just means that that's what your specialty is. That's your forte. That's what you bring to the table. Correct. So I don't want you to listen to Melissa and say, oh, well, I guess what she's saying is I'm just a beat maker. No, you're very important, and that's a huge part of the equation. Correct. But at the same time, if you're doing all the steps that Melissa's describing, guess what? You're a producer. You're a producer. And I and I feel like, you know, there are a lot. It, it's, just, um, it's gotten to be this point where, you know, a lot of artists now, they just find a beat and they'll go along with it. And I think for me, um, you know, I was – stuck in that place for a minute and I got out of that because I learned so much from like I said before B. Howard he structurally listened to my voice he knew where to take me and I worked with other producers before and a lot of other producers in the past were actually intimidated by my voice mm. 
because of my range. So it's a lot of learning. It's a lot of experimentation and, and understanding who you are and what you like and what your sound should be because we're artists, right? So we are creating an art. It, music is an art form. You know, we're utilizing our voices and, and instruments and everything to make a sound. That's right. That's so, right. You know, so you have to think about, you know, you have to think about these things because I always, when I think about these things, I say to myself, I want people to have this song on repeat. Why? Because I want it embedded in your mind. Mm. So that's how I think about when I produce. I want people to enjoy it. I want it to be where it stands the test of time. I like it. I like it. And speaking of other hats, I think that maybe there's another one that you wear too, on top of everything I've already mentioned and now also being a producer. <laughs> Do you also have your own record label? And and if so, similar to what I just asked you about producing, is it just for releasing your own music or do you have other artists on your label too? It's just for myself. Okay. But you do have your own label though. Yes, I do. Yes. So what caused you to start up your own label? I started my own label. I got my own distribution deal and everything because I got tired of having to conform and be told all the time, you need to sound like this, you need to sound like that. I said, no, I'm going to show you how I'm supposed to sound. Mm. I don't need to tell me how I'm supposed to sound. I know how I'm supposed to sound. I know the songs I need. I can do this myself. So I started, you know, I'm also a network engineer, by the way. I build and design computer networks. So I am a girl geek. So, <laughs> you know, with having computers and all that, you know, um, and, and having the internet, I was able to combine my music and technology. And I'm, I'm an artist that is completely different than everybody else. And the music industry doesn't get that and they don't understand me. But my fans understand me. And that's why I was able to put myself out on my own. And for those who are just being introduced to Melissa for the first time, I've been blessed to get listeners to this show from 155 countries around the world. So if you're just being introduced to Melissa, you're going to hear how different she is as we continue on with this conversation. First, I want to dig into the work that you are doing music-wise right now. Yeah. I'm interested to hear about the work that you're doing on a new song for peace for the United Nations. Yeah. So um, I'm actually, it's so funny, we have the event, um, the event's going to be on Friday, actually. Um, we're presenting the song, it's, um, it's, it's um, called Just Imagine, People United. We had this song sitting around for about four years, and we didn't know what to do with this song. We wrote this beautiful song, and I'm working with Vincent Lynn, a concert pianist, and Armand Hutton. He actually was nominated for a Grammy um, for a, um, production as a, vo a vocalist. And um, we wrote this beautiful song for peace. And all of a sudden, somehow, our song got in the hands of one of the representatives of the United Nations for the country of Portugal. Hmm. And they heard the song. And um, Vincent Lynn actually has an orphanage um, that he... Um, saved a whole bunch of children in uh, Uganda, and he has a um, an orphanage there, and they the, the the kids there have a choir. Wow. So we connected them with me and Vincent, and we did all of this recording across the world. So they were in Uganda, I recorded in New York, Vincent recorded in Portugal. Wow. 
And we did this whole song, and we also got um, one of the representatives, um, a cellist from the Philharmonic. I'll actually send it to you after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear it. hear it. Yeah, so it's a song for peace, and it's for people. It's just about, you know, I when we wrote this song, um, remember the John, um, John Lennon song, Imagine? Of course. That song always resonated with me. My mother used to play that for me when I was little. Um, that was one of her, my mother's favorite, one of my mom's favorite songs, and um, it just resonated with me for many years. And I and I always said, you know, where are the songs that, you know, um, is, that unite people in the human race? Like when Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie did, um, you know, "We Are the World." Yeah. I haven't heard a song like that in a long time. So this song, just imagine, um, is kind of on that part. Okay. It's kind of in that realm. And you're saying that this Friday, July 16th, is when the event is going to take place? Yes. Mm-hmm. And what and where is the event? It's in Portugal. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Well, next is you're also starting to work on your next EP. Where does that project currently stand as it relates to not only writing, recording, mixing, etc., but how many songs might be on it? Do you know when it will be out? Those types of details. Well, I'm actually, I'm in the middle of um, putting in my mind, because what I do with my projects, I have to, in my mind, I, I create it. I can't explain that part, but <laughs> I, <laughs> in my mind, I basically have it written in my mind, and um, I just have to get the pieces out. Um, I'm currently being inspired by Minnie Rippleton at the moment, and wow. there's one of her albums that I'm actually um, being inspired by, and it's helping me write um, for my EP, so I'm hoping to at least have six songs on this EP. Wow. Wow, that's that's a healthy size EP. I like it. So you're saying that recording has not started yet, though? Um, recording has not started yet, but the ideas of what I of what I want and where I want it to go, I I have it. So do you foresee this project being released before the end of the calendar year? Um, I hope so. I think by October. Yeah. Okay. Well, once the EP is out, to what extent might you get out to perform live so as to promote the new EP? Well, hoping that, you know, everything's okay, you know, with hoping that this variant doesn't, you know, stop people from stuff or traveling. Yeah. I would love to, honestly, I would love to do, I would like to do little spots. I don't really want to do any large um you know, places to where there's a lot of people. I like actually performing in like cozy um, rooms where people are close together and it's more inviting, like like a family affair. That's that's the type of artist that I am. I like just drawing people in. Yeah, more intimate setting. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, because of the way that you described earlier that you kind of visualize the songs that you're going to write, mm -hmm. are you visual to the extent of also planning out one or more music videos to release as this new project comes together? Or is that, no, I just got to worry about getting the EP out first, Bruce, before I can think about something like a music video? Oh, 
no, no, no. Sometimes I, what I'll do is I'll have, um, it, it, I have to see where the songs, how they sound, and and usually a couple of the songs will stand out to me, and then I'll go based off of that, and then put the whole project out. Okay. Okay. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New York by singer, songwriter, philanthropist, author, producer, record label owner, Melissa B. <laughs> Visit her official website at melissab.com. I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. On her website, wow, there is lots to look through. Plus, there are links at the top of her website to find Melissa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In addition, be sure to go to her YouTube channel. You heard me mention back in the intro that it has a combined total of well over 850,000 video views. On her website, you will also see links at the top for iTunes and Spotify to get her music. Be sure to also check out her book, which we will be talking about shortly, and is on her website with a link to purchase through Amazon. In case you have not heard the last handful of episodes and thus did not get the chance to hear me say this on those, if you haven't noticed, there is a trend now in the podcasting world of using the word follow, moving away from the word subscribe, so as not to imply cost. Some of you might have come to this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment specifically just to hear Melissa. Thank you. But I hope you and even other listeners who are new will check out other episodes of my show and, of course, that you will hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you regularly listen to podcasts. There have been a lot of great guests over the last seven-plus years, so do check out some of the 380-plus episodes that have preceded this one and stay with me for a new episode every Wednesday. Melissa, your nonprofit organization is called Girl Geek Dinners NYC. Share with us about the work being done through that project. So Girl Geek Dinners started um, based off of me and uh, two other founders in New York City. Um, I was currently working at a law firm at the time um, in the IT department um, as a network engineer there. And the thing that sparked this was because we didn't see a lot of women in the IT department and uh, you know a lot of women are who are in this type of field when you don't see yourself you, you want to do something in order to help other women who are probably um, in the same predicament or they want to just actually engage with other people that are in that same realm so we started this and we actually did these dinners and we did them based off of themes. So like, let's say politics and technology, you know, arts and crafts and technology. Like we, we were invited by Etsy, you know, to speak about, you know, arts and crafts and technology. Wow. And then one year, um, you know, when Obama had utilized the whole thing of the internet at the time, you know, politicians weren't really doing that. And he took it to another realm. He was able to, you know, get our, uh, um, our younger generation to get involved, right, po in, pol in politics through the Internet. So, um, you know, I've had different women um, come to these events where, you know, I've had one woman, she was a masseuse, and she really was like, I want to be a network engineer. How do I do that? Mm. She didn't know how to. She wanted to change her career. She saw that there was something in technology, but she just didn't know how to get into it, and we were able to help her, you know? 
But how did you take this from being, and forgive me if I'm using the wrong expression, but understand where I'm going with this. How did you take this from being a quote unquote, what I'll call social club to actually being a nonprofit organization? So we, we, we gave back to the community, um, for the women. We did a lot of things, um, in the community, uh, for developers and, uh, just helping women as a nonprofit. We, we basically give back to the community to help girls um, find their path. So that's how we were able to do do it as a nonprofit because we're not doing it for profit. We're basically doing it out, out of, um, you know, out of our time and effort. Yeah, there's, <laughs> oper- there's operating costs that you have to cover, but the point isn't to make money. The point is to help these people that you're describing to get them to Correct. where they're trying to get that they don't know how to get to until they come to Girl Geek Dinners NYC. That's correct. Well, let's have you talk about the book you wrote a couple of years ago called Digitally Independent, Know Yourself as an Artist to Give Your Art to the World. I wrote Digitally Independent because I constantly was in the studio, and every time I was in the studio, I, I would hear different artists say that they didn't know how to they didn't know anything about BMI. They didn't know anything about ASCAP. They didn't know anything about distribution. They didn't know anything about a, a budget. They didn't know how to start a label. And the other key thing was I noticed, and this is why this is the first chapter of my book, I asked people, who are you? And they would look at me like a deer in headlights. They're like, <laughs> what do you mean, Melissa? And I would say, have you ever been in a room with a whole bunch of executives from a record label and they look at you and they say, who are you as an artist? Do you know that um, majority, almost 50, 75% of artists cannot answer that question? Mm. They don't know who they are. They can't define who they are. So my book basically cuts through all that. And that's the first chapter that I hit so that I can make you think about, do you really want to be in this business? You said something in there that made me realize I should have asked you a follow-up question earlier, mm-hmm. which was you talked about the music that you make, you talked about producing, you talked about the people that are on your team, but when I just heard you say I would see artists come into the studio, that leads me to ask you, where do you do all of your recording? Is there a specific studio that you use, or, or does it change from one project to the next? Oh, no, I record in one studio. It's Crematorium Studios with Michael Ashby. And where is that located? In Long Island. Ah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw something that said that you made a commercial with Samsung, which you were the creative director for? Yes. Now, how did that come to be? So, um, I'm going to make the long story short. <laughs> <laughs> um, Samsung happened, a representative had seen uh, a... a um, a meeting, uh, an event that me and Michael Ashby were at, and we were talking about music and technology, and they really loved the fact that I was an artist and also a network engineer and that I combined music and technology, and they actually invited us to come speak about their their SSD drive, mm. and they provided us with one, and I did all the research on this SSD drive, and Michael was like, you know, we could record on this. Little did Samsung know, they didn't even know that they could do that on their own SSD drive. Wow. So what we 
we did a live presentation for them and I recorded in front of them mm. live recording on the SSD drive and we actually combed the OS onto this SSD drive. Mm. So we showed them the versatility of having this SSD drive if you are a producer, if you're an artist and you needed to be somewhere and you couldn't carry, you know, a big SS you know, a big hard drive with you to carry this small hard drive in order for you to do your work. So um, after that happened, um, basically I had an idea about, I, I asked them, I asked um, Samsung, how are the sales going on with this? And they were like, well, you know, we're trying to get to your, you, you know, the people in your um, genre or the business that you do. And I'm like, so you're trying to say you're trying to do videos about this, but you don't know how to sell it to us? They're like, yeah. <laughs> so so my team, I, I said, okay, so if we do a, a commercial for you, will you buy our commercial? It's like, we'll do the commercial and let's see what it looks like. Nice. We did the commercial for them, and they bought it outright. Mm. Mm. So that's so you see, that's what we, we came up with as a team. Fantastic. And Michael's in there. <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. Wow. How can we high-five each other virtually? Because that's, that's amazing. Ah. <laughs> well, we're good. We're good. High-fiving. High-fiving. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, wow. Thank you. You know, and so to, my, to me and, and whatever artist or whoever is actually listening to this podcast, I want to tell people this. Do not, do not stop your dreams. Do not let anybody tell you that you can't go or knock down a door. Because there are other doors that you can go around and get in. you got to be creative and think outside the box. Exactly, yeah. I was just going to use the word, I, I love your creativity. And same thing, I want to echo what Melissa just said, which is those of you who are listening, who are aspiring performers... Don't put limits on your creativity and don't be afraid to ask because the worst that can happen is they say no. And you hear, as Melissa walked you through that story, multiple instances where she could have stopped and said, well, it was great to meet these Samsung people, end of story. Or, well, it was great to show them that we're using their SSD drive for something different and stop. Or we could have done the presentation and stop, but she kept pushing herself and pushing herself. Let's see how far we can go with this. And you even heard her say, they said, well, you make the commercial first and then we'll see if we want to buy it. And she did it and they bought it. So wonderful story, Melissa. Again, I have to congratulate you because that's how you make things happen for yourself as an independent artist instead of waiting around for the phone to ring of Samsung to mysteriously discover you and call you up and say, do you want to be in a commercial for us? Yes, absolutely. And then, and, and I, you know, and you, you gotta, you gotta study people. You have to study artists, you know, like Prince wouldn't become Prince because if he didn't do the things that he did, like, you know, Purple Rain, you know, he wrote, he actually did, wrote out the whole thing. He had the whole idea, you know? And if you listen to these stories of where, how artists got to where they got to, it can inspire you because you can, you can think about ways for you to knock down your own door. Like Michael Jackson wouldn't be Michael Jackson if he didn't do things that he did, you know? That's right. Being innovative and changing things and doing things a different way. And that's what it is. That's the magic of being an artist. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make people see things that they cannot see. 
Well, and it's also the beauty of being an independent artist that you can sort of make up the rules and there's really no limit because if you see something that you want to try, you try it out and you recognize that you're going to fail. You can't bat a thousand and and everything is a home run. But the fact of the matter is you come up with these ideas, you try them out. And it goes back to what you were saying before about your book, Digitally Independent, Know Yourself as an Artist to Give Your Art to the World. Well, these are also the things that you have to realize in knowing yourself is that I do have certain talents and I am a creative. So these things that I want to try out, I can try them out on my own because I'm independent instead of waiting for someone to give me permission or someone to give me direction. You just envision it and then you do it and you see where it goes from there. Yep, that's the truth. Melissa, I also read that you have been highlighted in USA Today and IGN Magazine and at Google NYC in partnership with Society of Women Engineers for your advocacy in engineering. Can you talk about those experiences? Yeah. um, I was actually one of the first artists, independent artists, that got the Google glasses Ah. at the time when Google was hard to get that. And um, that's where USA Today and uh, had did a story on me. And um, I actually spoke at Google um, on Women's International Day to talk about, and this is when it all started, when I started talking about how there weren't a lot of women um, in the music industry in certain high positions, and there weren't a lot of women in the IT field. And I, I recognized um, the two, the two uh, uh, I guess, two worlds that, that needed to collide together. And I spoke about how the industry is going to change and how women need to start uh, coming more, coming up to the forefront, you know, to being that voice, especially as a producer or, you know, songwriter. And these are the things that are actually coming to fruition now. So I want to ask you, because there are people who will listen to this or other episodes that I've done where guests have talked about some of these unique opportunities that they've gotten. And I'm always careful to make sure that I ask the guest how it came to be, because I know that that's what the artists who are listening are asking. When is that going to happen to me? How can I get that to happen to me? And so you talked about your path that you followed with the Samsung opportunity, but something like USA Today, how did they find you or how did you get connected with them? Because it sounds like your exposure in USA Today is what led to the opportunity to speak at Google, yes? Yes. Or what? maybe it was vice versa. Yes, that was one of them. Um, it was that I was constantly uh, in contact with Google while I had the Google glasses. And they loved that I was this artist who was just doing everything on her own and combining technology with everything. That was the key. And also they loved that I was a network engineer. <laughs> so as a result, Google told USA Today, this is someone that you should write about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. Well, again, I don't want to be repetitive, but you just have to put no. yourself out there and, and keep trying, and these are the things that could possibly come of it. Yeah. And I also want to underline the fact that a lot of this has to do with Melissa as an engineer, and not as an artist. It's the opportunities that she's getting as an artist because of her engineering career. So a lot of people, I think, 
want to fool the world into thinking this is all I do I'm a full-time artist when we all know that there are very 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 few people even a-listers who are only doing music so by putting yourself out there with your bread and butter of however you're keeping a steady paycheck coming in it could lead to something as Melissa's attesting to here yeah and and you know honestly I would love to win a Grammy and be one of the artists that actually walk up there and say I have a day job Mm. I have a day job, I'm doing this, and I'm doing my music that I love to do, and I'm doing this for you guys. Yeah. Because I want to show people, show the world that you can do it all. Don't limit yourself. Well, and because it sounds like you must very much enjoy the line of work that you're in, as much as you do enjoy yeah. music as well. <laughs> I do, I really do. Yeah, so why hide that light under a bushel, in other words? Yeah. Well, back in the intro, I read off some really impressive numbers of yours in terms of Spotify streams and listeners, as well as video views on your YouTube channel. Are you someone that hears those types of numbers and says, yay, this is awesome, how exciting? Or are you someone that's just so driven that you say, I can't just be happy with that. I've got to keep working harder to get those numbers even higher. I don't, I don't. I don't care about my numbers. That's just not what's important to me. What's important to me is that my music resonates or that pe- that I'm that I have people connecting with me. That's what's important. If someone finds my song and they they text me and they tell me, "Melissa, I'm a fan of yours. I love your music," or my or your song got me through a very hard time, that's important to me. Mm. And obviously you know that you're in the minority in terms of being rare to say the numbers don't mean anything because so many, so many, so many artists do get hung up on watching their numbers, watching their numbers. And in full disclosure, podcasters get accused all the time of spending all kinds of time looking at their stats. I'm not one of those. I'm I'm a Melissa B. I just do the show and I try to put out the best content I can. And if it makes people if it helps people if it entertains them whatever then then i'm happy but at the same time i don't look at my download numbers very much if at all uh so melissa i'm sure you know that there are very few artists out there like yourself that say i'm not that concerned about the numbers yeah i feel as though um you know i i i guess i follow the old model because it's more of this is my art and I'm just trying to give good music. And I'd rather give good music than care about all the numbers and stuff because the people will come. People will find me. I know my art, and I I am very confident in my music and myself and the type of music that I give. So that's how I feel. Okay, so let's throw a bone to the indie artist out there who's just very frustrated and saying... <laughs> All right, so can she at least tell us how she's getting such good numbers on Spotify, or can she at least tell us how she is getting such good numbers on YouTube, even if she's not all about the numbers? Sure. So I find I found that for me, be re, I found that being real with people is what people want. They want to connect with you, right? So I don't know if you've seen on some of my stuff, like I've done videos in the studio or like have funny things going on in the studio or just just life in general so that people can see that I'm a real person you know but um, the other thing is I did 
use I do use like Facebook for my ads, you know. Okay. And I will discover me. Okay. Okay. Well, what about mm-hmm. being a Grammy member? What can you say about that "quote unquote" role that you have? Well, I I researched how to become a Grammy member. I did everything in the book and um, read what I needed to do, and I did it, and I was able to get into the as be a Grammy member. But was that just purely through application, or was it? Well, I had somebody that helped me who was already a member. No, pure through application. I had to do it on my own. Wow, wow. So I would say that if there was a theme to this whole interview as as we get ready to wind down this episode, it just sounds like good old-fashioned hard work. Yes, sir. If that's basically what it is, nothing comes easy. Nothing. You have to work for what you want. But what about something like time management? Because I'm talking about all these different hats that you wear, singer, songwriter, philanthropist, author, producer, record label owner. You can throw a Grammy member on top of that. And, of course, you do have a regular job. So what do you do to help manage your time so efficiently? I do have time management. I went to college. I learned about time management. Ah, okay. Wow. I learned about all that. Also, I think for me... Um, working in a corporate job and knowing how to plan all the time. Um, you know, I've, do, I've been a project manager. I've done these things, so I know how to put a project together. Uh, I think that's why I'm so good at what I do. But then as a result, would you clash with another artist who wanted to work with you and is very much an artist in their blood? And I'm not saying that you're not, but meaning someone who is not structured and someone who is not good with managing time and someone who wants to sleep in until 12 or 1230 and here's Melissa saying, come on, we got to schedule. If we're going to work together, this is what you need to do. Or, or am I am I painting you with the wrong brush and, and you could just kind of go with the flow? No, I can. I, I know how to I know how to turn the switch off and I know how to turn the switch on. And I've worked with artists like that before and I go along with them. And I show them how I'm able to be flexible with them. And, and also, I've taught people because they'll look at me and see how I work, my work ethics. And they're like, hey, can you teach me a couple of these things that you know? Because I want to get better at it. Mm. At my time management because I suck at it. And, I, and you know, it's, it's all about showing up and being prepared and showing people that you can do what you do. And it kind of opens their eyes up. Well, and I want to believe that in being a producer, in being the author of the book that you wrote, that you are someone who, pardon the pun, but that's music to your ears when they say to you, hey, can you show me how to get better at these things? Because I'm really screwing it up when I do it on my own. Yeah. And trust me, I've had plenty of artists do it, call me up and ask for my help. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Well, we're going to close today with another one of Melissa's original songs, one called Waterman. Before I let you go and I play it in its entirety, and I won't talk over it, I promise, <laughs> share with the audience all about this song, please. Um, Waterman was inspired by a song that I heard. Um, I, I get inspired by Sade a lot. And um, I I basically produced this with Michael Ashby. I produced it. And it's just it's just a vibe. It's just something for your spirit just to listen to and vibe with. 
Nice, nice. Well, Melissa, congratulations on all your success. It's been so wonderful having you on the show. Thank you for making time to be on Now Hear This Entertainment. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you, too. Likewise. My pleasure. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, philanthropist, author, producer, record label owner, Melissa B. Do visit her official website at melissab.com and then engage with her on social media. Follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I did so myself on all three of those this morning, and I'm sure she would appreciate it if you did the same. Also, be sure to check out Melissa's official YouTube channel, subscribe to it, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell Melissa you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Her music is available on iTunes and Spotify with links to those platforms at the top of melissab.com. Remember about her book, Digitally Independent, which you will find information about on her website along with a link to purchase it on Amazon. Keep up with Melissa online for updates on the new music that you heard her talking about that she'll be releasing in the future. And let me also repeat that some of you might have come to this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment specifically just to hear Melissa, and I thank you for that. But I hope you and even other listeners who are new-ish will check out other episodes of my show and, of course, that you will hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you regularly listen to podcasts. There have been a lot of great guests over the last seven-plus years, so do check out some of the 380-plus episodes that have preceded this one and stay with me for a new episode every Wednesday. For now, that will do it for episode 388. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Melissa B., This is the one she just talked about called Waterman. 